In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. William Barclay tells a story of a young woman who, confronted with some of the more disturbing and savage parts of the Old Testament, felt called upon to offer a defense of God. Well, she said, those things happened before God became a Christian. The truth is, this young woman is not alone in struggling to reconcile the God revealed in the Hebrew scriptures to the God revealed in Jesus Christ. Alarm and dismay is the appropriate response to a disturbing amount of scriptural witness to God. In Joshua, we're told of a God who instructs his chosen people not only to attack those who live in the land that they're claiming for their own, but also to utterly destroy these people, man, woman, and child. In Job, we see God and the adversary at a divine cocktail party. God bragging on his man Job is drawn into a dare whereby he allows the adversary to do anything he wishes to test Job. Only, God says, spare his life. There are many other unflattering portraits of God in scripture. God who hardens Pharaoh's heart for his own purposes. God who strikes Uzzah dead because he reaches out his hand to steady the Ark of the Covenant. And God, who takes the life of the firstborn of David and Bathsheba as punishment for David's sin. If these stories were all we knew of God, would this be a God in whom we would trust? But we do know many other stories of God. We know a God who lovingly provides clothing for Adam and Eve so that they will not leave the garden exposed. We know a God that hears the cry of his people and delivers them from bondage in Egypt. We know a God who provides manna for those unable to secure daily sustenance on their own. And we know a God who protects faithful young men from the lion's dead and the furnace of fire. So we must admit to a complexity of God beyond our understanding. We know God to be both loving and providential and demanding and ineffable. Nowhere are we more challenged by this complex God than in the story of the testing of Abraham. Our passage begins by telling us after these things, God tested Abraham. After what things? We are only in Genesis 22, but a lot has already happened between God and his creation. Humanity has fallen from right relationship with God. Humanity has fallen with right from right relationship with each other. God has regretted ever creating humanity because of widespread sin, and he cast a flood upon the earth in the hopes of starting over. And then... God decides to take a new tack. God decides to enter into covenantal relationship with one man to bring about his purposes for the whole world. God exposes himself to the weakness of humanity, putting his redemption eggs in this one man's basket. At the time that God calls Abraham into this test, he's been in relationship with him 
for over 35 years. Their relationship spans initial call, covenant, Abraham's plea on behalf of the righteous of Sodom, Abraham allowing his wife to be taken into Pharaoh's harem, his hospitality to the traveling angels of God, his lack of trust in God, which issues in his begetting Ishmael with Hagar, and most recently, Abraham's casting out Ishmael and Hagar at Sarah's request and with God's approval. At times, Abraham has acted in an immature and deceitful manner, but over the arc of this long relationship, we've seen him mature and grow. And now it has culminated with the first fruits of the promise God made to Abraham all those many years ago. Sarah's barren womb has been opened. Abraham has a son, Isaac, through Sarah. After all these years of relationship with God, Abraham is now assured that God's promises to him will be fulfilled through his beloved son, Isaac, and all of the descendants that will flow from him. But God requires a test. God must know. He must know if Abraham will remain faithful to the relationship. And so God tests Abraham. Without question, without pleading, without delay, Abraham sets out to do as God has charged him. Three times he gives what we have come to know as the faithful response to God's call. God speaks to Abraham to require of him this awful test, and Abraham responds faithfully, Here I am. And his father and son ascend the mountain. Isaac calls out to Abraham, and he responds, Here I am, my son. And as the angel of God stays his hand, anxiously crying out, Abraham, Abraham, our father in the faith once again responds, Here I am. These responses show Abraham's full and trusting presence to both his God and his beloved son. Abraham does not protect himself emotionally by withdrawing from either God or Isaac. He carries the pain of his burden while remaining constant in relationship. How might it look for us to carry our burden and remain in relationship. When I served as a chaplain in a children's hospital as part of my formation for ordained ministry, I was gifted with the example of many families who found a way to do so. Parents whose children might be dying live in attention. Time and again, they say they would gladly lay down their own lives if asked. But being asked to lay down the life of their beloved child is more than they can bear. They wonder why God is asking them for this painful sacrifice. Just as it would have been understandable for Abraham during his three-day journey to think God is causing my pain, so too these parents And yet, even in this struggle, they return to God again and again. It is 
beyond their ability to understand. It is beyond their ability to bear alone. And so in the end, no matter how inexplicable their pain and loss, God is the one to whom they turn. Like Peter, they must say, Lord, to whom can we go? You have the words of eternal life. They look to God to redeem the situation, to hold their child in his embrace, to heal their pain, and to be with them in their struggle to remain faithful. Over and over, I witness parents laying their child on God's altar and trusting that even though they could not see how, God would remain true to his promises. In recent days, I've been moved to reflect on how this is also true for parents of black children, especially black young men. These parents must choose to sacrifice their child's innocence in order to have the talk, to warn them about how their words and actions might be perceived in a society that has been taught to fear them. These parents are aware that their children will not receive the benefit of the doubt at the same rate as their white counterparts if they're pulled over for traffic infractions or for even just walking the streets. These parents fearfully send their children out into the world each day, praying that they will be safe. They aren't assured of a protected path forward for their children, and yet they find a way to trust God, to believe that their children are held and protected by God, and that somehow God will remain true to his promises. Everything Abraham hopes for is wrapped up in Isaac. In this terrible test, Abraham is asked if he's willing to give up the thing most precious to him in all the world for the sake of being faithful to the God who gave him that gift in the first place. Abraham decides to turn his future and Isaac's future over to God. Not in an easy and sentimental way, but in a solemn and dreadful way. This story represents the difficult choices that all of us must make on our journey with God. It reminds us that God shows up unexpectedly, forcing us to our Mount Moriah where hard choices have to be made. It reminds us that our God is not only a giving God, but a demanding God. In our current moment, what hard choices is God leading us into? What allegiance to God is being demanded of us? How might we need to sacrifice the way we've always operated? The way we've had the privilege to turn away from and dismiss the systemic mistreatment of our brothers and sisters. What positions and beliefs that we've held uncritically for years are we being asked to lay on God's altar 
The demands that God places on Abraham are in essence the same demands that Jesus places on us, his disciples. If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake and the sake of the gospel will save it. Even in Jesus, we struggle to remain in faithful relationship with a God who asks everything of us. Staying in faithful relationship with our demanding God is good and holy work. In choosing God first, we absolutely will have to give up part of ourselves, to die to part of ourselves. The challenge for us is to trust that as we lay these parts of ourselves on God's altar, God will redeem and heal and bless us. That even when things seem most hopeless, we can dare to trust that God will indeed provide. Amen.